This is the magic of compassion. I'm Little Wu, and today's topic or question is: How can I prevent being verbally attacked when I decline men who are hitting on me? And basically, she goes on to say: If I'm not interested, they call me a f***ing bitch or a slut whore or a drug addict, etc., etc. I'm gonna look at this from three different parts.、Um, first, kind of remembering the societal pressures and expectations. That many men face every single day, and so、uh, a documentary that I would highly recommend for all all people to see. It's called The Mask You Live In, and it's a really great documentary because it looks at the very narrow definitions of masculinity that men have to struggle with every day, and it causes a lot of problems. They science research has shown that men are much more likely to commit suicide and. Or go into binges and do all kinds of really、um, self-sabotaging things because of all this tr- societal pressure and and this really limited definition of what it is to be a man. And so every day, men subconsciously or consciously are walking around projecting this,、uh, ex- you know, this this expectation of who they should be. Are they man enough? And then that's a big question. Like, am I man enough? And so they they live with that every day. And I mean, women live with their own thing, and people who are gender fluid have their own things. So we all have our teachings in this life, and men have this thing that they have to deal with around what society expects of them. And a lot of that is、uh, there's there's definitely a lot of misogynistic energies that they have learned, acquired from、uh, certain systems that have taught them that they need to con- have conquest over people, whether it's another country、uh, or another、uh, race. Or another gender, so there is like that energy of conquest, and that means that you're a man. That idea of going out in the world feeling like you have to conquer people already puts them into a bit more militant、uh, energy. So that's one thing we've got to be really be aware of the society's influence on a man.、Um, second is that there's also the influence of their unique life experiences. So this, you know, the men who are hitting on you, they all have wounds. They all have experiences. Of feeling rejected,、uh, not necessarily by women only, but just maybe by society.、Uh, also, they have wounds of feeling not good enough. That's not related just to gender, but just maybe around their their own family's issues and maybe their their particular community where they didn't feel like they belonged. So there's their own personal wounds. That's another part we have to remember that every person that's walking on the street, no matter how tough they seem, they're definitely carrying some wounds. If Especially, they、um, you know kind of fight back with very aggressive energy. So aggression、uh, indicates someone who's either learned it or used it as a form of defense and protection. And then the the third part that,、um, that I want to look at in your question is you know your own you know your own sense、um, of like what society's pressures are on you、um, and also your own wounds. So that's like the same two things that influence a man's. Kind of feeling of being in the world and how they are expected to behave. It's also their society's pressures on women to look a certain way and to be desired a certain way. The male gaze is so internalized by so many women.、Uh, I remember, you know, when I was younger, that it was so deep that I, I actually felt like I was possessed by it, and it really disturbed me to feel like I was looking at myself and at other women through the eyes of a misogynistic man. So I was like, I was like seeing myself that. And I was like, "Why? How did I learn this? I was really young when I was aware of it, and it's because of of all a lot of the media, and then of of course my experiences even on the playground."
Um, I'm not saying that everybody is misogynistic, but it's just like this, there's a lot of distorted views of what it is to be a man or a woman, and now thankfully we're evolving enough to even expand the definitions of that way more than it used to be, and even allow for you know, non-gender-based identification. So um, for people who are fluid or don't identify with man or woman, now we have more freedom to really be just ourselves. So the third part is really to understand that there's a lot of our own wounds and our own um, things that we've had to deal with in society that also play into that interaction. And so we got to be aware of having compassion for all those things when we're working through this. Like, how do I prevent? Um, and then so the other thing is, of course, every human being has free will, so we can't actually totally prevent anything, but we can influence with how we hold compassion and how we hold our imagination every day that we wake up. And this starts when you wake up out of bed, before you ever step on the street, before you walk by a construction site. It, that, that work doesn't start when you walk by a man. It starts when you wake up and you tune into who you really are. And so I would say as a response of how do you influence other people's behaviors? Well, one is that you have to not take their behaviors personally. And this goes for not just this topic, but for many other things where we experience very unpleasant uh, actions and behaviors from others. We, we have to practice not taking personally and know that that's coming from somewhere. And some of it involves us, but some of it is really nothing to do with us. So I usually like to say it's like the, this divine paradox is it's not personal, but it is personal. So the not personal part is society's pressures and their own personal wounds. And then the, the personal part is how, you know, your own triggers and your own wounds play into this and how society's pressures are also impacting how you are feeling and projecting and perceiving. So if, okay, number one, respond by not taking it personally. And then second, you have to practice having compassion for everyone involved in this equation. You have to have practice having compassion for the person who has had so much pressure. And when you watch that film, if you haven't seen it already, you will definitely gain a new level of compassion um, for, for the, the masculine issue that we, we are all facing. It's not just a, a, a male issue because on the other side is everybody else who also carries those same definitions somewhere inside us. We expect certain behaviors from, from men. Um, so having compassion for people in the world who are struggling with their own wounds and struggling with society's things. It doesn't mean it's going to stop them from attacking or verbally being abusive, but it means that it paves the way before you even step onto the, the, you know, the sidewalk and walk by this person. It's because when you carry compassion, it radiates out in front of you. People can feel that the spirit that's walking down the street is, is not going to attack them. Right? Because in a way, it's like they see rejection as a form of attack. And so already they're pre-projecting that you're going to you know, mostly decline them, even though they're going to go out and do their thing because they're expected to within themselves. And then so if you just change that dynamic altogether by holding compassion for them, I know it's going to be hard, but if you can practice that, you'll see a shift. You're also holding the third thing. You're also trying to see beyond the gender, beyond society's pressures, beyond their wounds, and go to the core of who they are, which is this incredibly beautiful spirit that just wants to love and be loved. I mean, that's the truth beneath all this, you know, artifice and, and all this pressure and all this pain is this true being that just wants to love and be loved. So if you can tune into that and know that, 
all this messy stuff, it's not really who they are. And tune into the true spirit of, of this beautiful soul. And you know, how can I do that when they're behaving that? Well, you have to practice when they're not in front of you. It's harder to do that when there's aggression in the moment. So you practice feeling that way all the time when you're not around people, when you're not around men. If you have a male friend that you really feel the beauty, just tune in, use their, their spirit as an archetype for, for all men. And then as you tune into that, you'll find an interesting thing that starts to happen where people start to kind of smile at you and instead of hitting on you, instead of just seeing you for this narrow definition of you as a woman or in your use in society, they'll start seeing your true spirit. And it happens. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a real phenomenon. It's, it might sound a little woo-woo, but it is a form of true energy work where you shift your energy before you enter the world stage. Now that really impacts and can influence the world around you. Um, I'm going to give you an example of that is when um, in my earlier years, um, in my early 20s, I, I had some male um, teachers in my life who took an interest in me. And I was really honored because I really respect teachers. And I wanted to spend some time with them because they looked like they were interested in maybe being mentors or, or giving me guidance or wisdom, right? It turns out that they were really drawn to me sexually or they were really attracted to me. And they were, you know, so what I did unconsciously at the time was at first I, you know, I had my own wounds where I felt like I'd always felt unwanted by, by people and so, especially men. And so in my early years, I felt kind of like, oh, that's really flattering. And I kind of felt drawn into that, right? I felt kind of drawn into their interest, even though I could feel that it wasn't clear, that it wasn't grounded. There was this need within them that was being served by, you know, being around me. And so I, then I looked beyond that and I said, you know, this person does have wisdom. They ended up being the mentors that I saw them as. So it's like that beautiful spirit that I wanted to see in them. And it's not about seeing what's not there. It's, it's seeing what's there. It's just that you're elevating that part of them and dissolving some of that energy that is still there. You didn't make it go away, but you just brought the focus elsewhere. You helped their focus go to the place of caring and mentoring and giving wisdom and, in, and embodying that role for you. And so that's what I experienced. And then I managed to avoid, uh, you know, <laughs> some pretty potentially uncomfortable situations. And, uh, and I kept doing that and I saw how, how powerful it is to help someone focus, you know, and because, not because you're manipulating them, but because you're seeing that aspect of them and you're raising that up. And so the fourth thing I'll say is, as something you can practice is don't even see when you decline, don't just see that, that decline as a rejection. Because there's part of us that when we feel like, oh, if someone's sitting on me, I'm going to like have to decline. And there's like this pressure feeling really contracted when you feel like you're going to have to reject someone. So don't see it as rejection. Say, see, no is just a simple no. Not being interested doesn't have to be your focus. Your focus could be, I'm going to focus on their goodness. I'm going to focus on their inner beauty. I'm going to focus on the beautiful spirit that's within them. And then that takes your focus away from walking down the street feeling like I'm going to have to reject a bunch of people. That makes you hardened. It creates an armor around you too. And because nobody likes to reject. And so you say, well, what if I, they advance? It's like all of this work comes together. And if you have to say no, then you say no. You can remove that that, that's char that charge, it's so highly charged when we say no. We remove the charge from our no, and we help that person see, oh, it's not that personal. A lot of us carry this fear of saying no, 
and and we turn that into a big story, right? And we carry that tension around with us. So um, again, a recap is not to take it personally and to practice having compassion for the societal pressures and their own internal wounds and your pressures that you feel and your own wounds that are all playing into this dynamic um, and to go beyond what's happening um, and look beyond the superficial stuff that's going on and go, there is a deep person within this person and I'm gonna, every day I'm gonna practice looking for that in everyone, not just men, and in myself. And the last thing is to just not perceive yourself as rejecting, that you're giving an honorable uh, answer uh, and it, it, it's honorable to share that and it's not a rejection of them. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're curious about my one-on-one -on -one sessions, workshops, or online classes, visit littlewood.org. Lots of love.